This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. Daniel 11, 32, it says, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. It means that people who don't walk in the way follow the way he allowed them to get a mindset that they're going somewhere and they're not going anywhere at all he'll allow them to have flatteries to lift them up to have vain imaginations and they'll have vain purposes and he'll never fulfill them because they he'll corrupt by flatteries but the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I think about 20 minutes today, I think, we'll see what the Holy Ghost says. I want to preach for simplicity of the focus to say we are those people. Say it again, say we are those people. Uh, say it with a little attitude, say we are those people. What type of people? The people who know their God. The people who know that God shall be strong and do exploits. Clap your hand for the word of God so far. We are those people. We are those people. Uh, God has called us to make us a solemn announcement um, today. It's an announcement and a declaration according to scripture that we are those people. We are those people um, that God is looking for that God will use, that God will magnify to bring him glory. I want to remind you of Genesis 6 is where I want to start first in my reading today to give you some focus and context of the type of people that we are. Genesis 6 uh, verse 5 begins reading, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord. It made the Lord sad. It repented the Lord. It means the Lord had, a, had to come up with a different plan. It repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. It means God was disappointed. And it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the, uh, fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Mm -hmm. But Noah, but Noah, in the midst of God's disappointment and repenting of his creation and man not turning into what God desired, it said God was going, God is going to destroy every man and every beast on the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The first thing I want to say is can God start something with you? 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 Um, God is disappointed here. It gives us a good understanding that God had expectation. God has expectation of creation. God has expectation of what he has put into place. And God finds himself so disappointed that he wants to start over. But Noah finds grace um, with the Lord in the eyes of the Lord in so much so I don't want you to take this this moment lightly that in the midst of God saying I'm going to destroy the earth and I'm about to flood out the earth and this is the flood God decides that Noah Noah you have now entered into a conversation that no one else knows about when you step up and step out and start living by faith and walking in integrity with God, God will invite you into conversations that you don't know that's going on. And he'll tell you, imagine this, he tells Noah, Noah, I'm about to flood out the earth. But guess what? You have found favor and you and your family are going to be saved. 
Imagine having such favor with God that God invites you into a conversation that destruction is going to happen, but I'm going to warn you before it comes. I'm going to prepare you before it comes. And I'm also going to give you a plan that you escape the things that should come in the earth. He says, because I'm looking for somebody I can start something with. Can God start something great with you? Can God start something wonderful with you that's not just about you, but that's going to bless the rest of your family? I want you to understand that. Uh, Hebrews picks up the same aspect of Noah's life, and it says, Noah being warned of God was moved with fear to the building of the ark to the saving of his house. When God starts something with you, he wants to keep it going into the generations. Noah finds favor with God and this favor he finds with God blesses his family. I want to put you on notice that God's trying to get to your cousin through you. God's trying to get to your family through you. God's trying to get to your neighborhood through you. God's trying to get to your co-workers through you. God starts with Noah but everybody connected to Noah who will listen to the word of God that Noah has will be saved because Noah has found favor with God. I'm trying to tell you God is about to start. Somebody say God started something with me. God is starting something with me. God is starting something with you that is to be generational. God is starting something with you that is to be relational. God is starting something with you that is to be transformational. God is not playing. When God comes into covenant with you, you don't have to be a fancy dancer. You don't have to be six foot tall. You don't have to be shaped like the world says you need to be shaped. If you are shaped that's fine but what puts you in the knowledge of God is not your physical appearance but your heart towards his presence and Noah in the midst of everybody else they don't describe anything else about Noah only thing you know is that he feared the Lord and God recognized his relationship and talks to him tell somebody he's been talking to me lately he's been telling me some things lately he's been putting some things on my heart lately and what God shares with Noah is about to go down into the generations of his life. Matter of fact, God teaches Noah how to do something that he never did before. I've got to prophesy to somebody. God's about to do something in you that your family hasn't seen. Come on, I ain't saying your family was bad, but God's about to do something new in you. I'm not saying your family is terrible. Come on, I'm not coming to trip off and, and condescend on your generational line. But God is looking to show that he can do something great in this season, in this time of life. And Noah begins to build an ark and no one has ever seen anything built this way. Why? Because God had never did what he's about to do. And so sometime, here it is where I'm going, here it is the exploits. Many times we try to measure what we need to do by what's been already done. But the truth of the matter is, what God is doing is a new thing. God is trying to do new things in you, and you keep looking for references from somebody else who did it this way. How about you be a new prototype? How about you be a new model of what God's about to do in the earth. How about you be a new representative or will tell somebody he's doing a new thing in me, a new thing, new thing, a new thing. He's going to speak to the generations that I come out of. God finds a representative which is Noah and Noah begins to build an ark something he had never done before no man had ever done let me listen listen to me me to me to me to me how pastor Joe how I'm gonna get out of this God's gonna give you divine wisdom God's about to give you divine instruction. God specifically told Noah how to do something, listen to this, that he had never done before. And many of us, God is trying to put us on a new, say, new path 
and a new pattern. He's trying to, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God, help me. God's trying to put us on a new path and a new pattern. And it's something that he has not done before, but it's something he is doing now. And he tells Noah, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to give you instruction and you're going to do something that nobody has ever seen. And so one of the things I want you to be careful of when you're doing stuff that's new, stop acting like everybody can agree with what you're doing. Because the truth of the matter is when you start doing new things, only the people whose ear is towards heaven can attach to new things. See, many people get discouraged. God give you an idea. God give you a business. God give you a dream. God give you a thought. And then you go talk to people who ain't heard from God in 10 years. All because you like them, the, 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 pre pre the prerequisite of agreement is it, the prerequisite of agreement is belief and faith. Not how long we've been together. There are people I grew up in high school with and college with, but when it comes to the things of the spirit, I don't call them about nothing. We All we got is history about what we did when we were growing up, and that's cool, but when it's time to agree about spiritual things, you cannot go to people who are just familiar with you and know what neighborhood you grow up in and that y'all drunk, drunk sippy cups on the side of the house and, 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 and push-ups and frozen cups and all those wonderful things. No, you need somebody who understands what God is doing in the spirit. Can I tell you right now what you need to do to understand if you're going to get this thing out of you, you're going to have to find somebody to agree with. And some of y'all, I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me on this first chapter. Some of y'all are in a new pattern because everybody you've been hanging around don't represent where you're going. They good people but they don't believe like you believe. They're good people but they don't trust like you trust. I'm not trying to make you a bigoty or belittle them but when it comes to agreement you got to find people whose ear is into the heavens. Noah has heard something that no one else has heard. And Noah said, I'm going to build this thing anyway. He's not looking. Some of us never get off ground level because we're so discouraged talking to the wrong people. We're so discouraged talking to the wrong people. And if they don't believe, we don't do it. And some of you have only not done it because somebody who had never heard from God did not believe. That's the only reason you ain't did it yet. And, and no, no, you heard God clearly. But after you heard God, you went and talked to somebody that was nice. And God asked you to talk to somebody that was nice. You got to find somebody who agree in the spirit. You got to find somebody who believe. Come on, somebody. What God has said. And Noah is able to walk out the covenant of God. God Noah is able to start something new and hear the instructions of God. I want to say here before I move on, when God is starting something new and using you as a representative, I want you to understand that new things come with instructions. New things come, say, put it down, new things come with instructions. He hears something new, but it comes with instructions. Somebody yell, say, we are those people. We are those people. Let's go to Romans 8. And that's why I spend my last few points. We are those people. Romans 8. It gives you a few things of who we are to describe that we are those people. A few points here. Number one, we are led by the Spirit. That's the difference between our lives is we are led by the Spirit. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God here is not applying to male or female or gender. It's implying to sonship, which is about inheritance and covenant. They are the sons of God. For many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons. The way you know the people of God is they are led by the Spirit. The people who are going to do exploits are led by the Spirit. You're not led by your flesh. You're not led by your emotions. 
Noah didn't build an ark because it was raining. Because it had never rained. So his actions doesn't represent what he see. I said his actions, we are led by the spirit. What we do has all to do with what God said. Even if what God said had not manifested yet, we know that when we finish building this ark, it's going to rain. We know when we finish building this ark, whatever God has told you to do, we know by because we're led of the spirit that once we finish doing what he told us to do, we can expect the reign of God. We are led by the spirit. 15, for we have not received the spirit of bondage, again the fear, that's right, but we have received the spirit of adoption <laughs> the spirit of adoption where we have been uh, whereby we cry our father as being led by the spirit is trying to remind us that we have been brought into a new family all right we have been brought into a new family what many times we have to get adjusted to with being led by the spirit is understanding we have a new family we're no longer upon the family of the enemy. We're no longer children of Satan. We're now the children of God. And we now have received the spirit of adoption. This is what it means. It means that God chose you. Say, God chose me. Say, God chose me. God chose me. The spirit of adoption means that there were other choices, but God chose you. And God brought you in. It also means that God, uh, adoption has a very strong attachment of love. All right? Uh, strong attachment of love it means that no matter how you got here I wanted you anyway that's adoption adoption say no matter your history no matter where you come from I wanted you anyway I wanted you with all that history I wanted you with all the things that you had to go through but I adopted you into my family all right and I want you in my family I have now what the Bible says engrafted you in meaning you wasn't in the general you wasn't in the lineage but I pulled out the paper and I wrote your name down and I decided you my child that's my, my second point you my child I'm Preaching it by the spirit now you my child I want you in my family and I brought you in here matter of fact I wanted you to be in my family so bad that I paid for you Lord help me I paid for you to be in my family you could have never qualified to be in my family God says you could have never done what was right to be in my family you could have never your, your righteousness was as filthy rags come on you could not you could not get into my family but I engrafted you in wrote your name down in the wind and now you're in my family and I pay for it through my own son's blood and I declare in front of anybody else no matter what you've done that you're now my child and you're now in my family and you don't live like you used to live you don't think like you used to live you're going places you're going to be doing things because you are my child say we are his children that's point number two we are his children He's adopted us. Come on, somebody. You got to, you got to, here it is. You got to, you got to have a transformation of mind that your inheritance that you're going to receive has nothing to do with your natural family line. It's more than that. Somebody say, it's more than that. Come on, I'm not telling you to deny the land that your granddaddy have you. Get that too. I'm not trying to deny uh, the, the cause that your, your, your big mama left you. Get that too. But, but the inheritance that you now have in Christ Jesus includes more than just your natural generational line. You have now been brought into the family of God. You are his child. And now you have to learn to live with a different type of mindset. Verse 16 says, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God it means that now God's spirit is in us and his spirit bears witness with our spirit there is a kindred uh, kindred spirit between me and my daddy and, and my me and my daddy uh, knows uh, how we work and how we talk and my daddy talks to me and I talk to him it says his spirit the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are his children one of the ways that we know you the child of God is you act like the child of God. You got the spirit like your daddy. Come on somebody. 17 and if children then heirs. 
heirs of God, here it is, this is what I'm talking about inheritance, and joint heirs. If children, then you have an inheritance. You are an heir of God, and then you are joint heirs with Christ. It means Christ is an heir and you are a joint heir. See, this has helped you to understand the type of inheritance you have. You have the inheritance that Christ has. You are a joint, a joint heirs with Christ. What it means is you share the same joy that Christ has. You share the same peace that Christ has. Come on. You share the same wholeness that Christ has. Come on. Anything else is something else you picking up in the flesh realm you're picking up in your natural realm anything else but you share the inheritance of Christ if so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together we are led by the spirit we are his children say I'm his child see that's a big thing when you've been through tragedy and trauma in the earthly natural realm you got to really hold on to your spiritual inheritance you are his child when you've been rejected and abandoned and things have happened in the natural realm, if you're not careful, you take that same spirit of rejection and abandonment and you carry that thing over into your spiritual life. You take that thing over into your spiritual life. God's healing somebody. You take that thing over to your spiritual life and you don't think God's going to bless you. You don't even think that way. You're saved, but the spirit of rejection is on you because somebody else rejected you in the earthly realm. And, and you don't even believe God. God tells you what he's going to do for you, but your heart can't conceive it because some man or some woman in the earth realm has falsely represented the Father God and you don't know what it is to believe that good's going to happen to you. You don't know what it is to trust that things going to work it out for you and you get anxious and you get despondent and you easily move and you connect with the wrong people all the time. You make wrong decisions. Why? Because you don't understand you are here his child you don't understand you are his child and I, I, I just need somebody to declare he wanted me I know I said that already but that's important right that's that's important with everybody uh, wondering who they are in identity I need you to shout he wanted me I, I, I know that was a point I made mentioned earlier but I feel it in the spirit he wanted me he he wanted me to experience his his goodness even against my own stubbornness and hard hard-headedness and Lord help me somebody uh, he wanted me. Somebody say he wanted me. Lord help me. He 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 wanted me. Lord have mercy. He wanted me. Let me add this other point. I'm feeling in the spirit. I got a paper, but I feel in the spirit. The other thing that proved that he wanted me uh, is that he waited for me. He waited for me. One of the things that, that, that the only the way I came into this covenant is, is because he was waiting on me. His holy self was waiting on an unholy man. His, his perfect self was waiting on an imperfect woman. His, his perfect self was waiting on somebody who, who couldn't get it together after he done taught them how to get it together. Somebody who, he, somebody who went to Sunday school and still couldn't live right. Somebody who went to Bible study and still couldn't get right. Somebody ain't got that testimony, but that's mine. But, but he waited for me me because he he wanted me to be in this thing he he wanted me to have what he he predestined me to have and he waited for me tell somebody i'm the product of a waiting god i'm the manifestation of a god who can handle my sins and handle my mess ups and i'm the product of somebody who was patient with me while i was tripping and slipping dipping and smoking i am the product of a waiting god He wanted me so bad, he waited for me. He waited for me. I'm here today. Y'all gonna make me preach. I ain't even on my paper. Uh, he waited for me. It's not that I didn't know to do good. But the Bible says when I went to do good, sin was right there present with me. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this way? But thanks be to God who giveth us this thing. He wanted me here so bad that he waited for me sluggish but he waited for me hard-headed but he 
waited for me. Come on, somebody. I know some of y'all got it right the first time. I know some of y'all came to the altar one time and left it there and y'all was fine. I don't know where we get this gospel. Most of us is nowhere near a gospel message that we came to Christ one time, went back to our seat and never had to deal with the issue or the temptation again. The truth of the matter, this is a walk by faith. Come on, somebody. Get out of here that you came here one time and he's turned everything around. The truth of the matter, you got to walk out deliverance. You got to walk out transformation. You got to walk out a renaissance in your life. But while I was walking, I feel the Holy Ghost. He was walking with me. And waited on me. When everybody else got impatient, he was still waiting. He, he was still waiting. Tells him I'm the product of a waiting God. <laughs> a waiting God. He wanted me that bad. His holy self could have went on about his business. I don't want you to see that's why. That's why my sermons get interrupted by praise all the time. Because one thing I vowed to God that I would not do is forget where I come from. I won't act like where I come from, thank the Lord, but I won't forget from where I come from. Because that's the thing that keeps me relatable to people. That's the thing that keeps me transferable to people. That's the thing that keeps this gospel uh, exposed and, and seen to people. Is that people can see where I come from. And here, I don't understand what this what this is. Give me a few minutes. I'm just on a rabbit trail. Give me a few. I don't understand what this is with these testimonialist saints. I mean, you've been living holy, but when did you fall? I mean, you have. I mean, when did you get up? I mean, when did you struggle? This testimony. Testimonialist people with victory but never had a fight. Come on, somebody. Ain't no way you got victory. Ain't never had a fight. <laughs> Testimonialist saints. <laughs> Testimonialist. Come on, you shouting and dancing, but the truth of the matter is, I want to know what have you overcome. Tell us where he brought you from. Tell us where you was down and you was out, and you didn't feel like you was going to make your way. Tell us that. We need to hear that he'll reach to the lowest and pull us up out of the mire. We need to know that when we are rich undone, that he still wants us. Somebody tell us. We see you now, but somebody tell us the journey that it took to become, oh God, going to help me, to become who you are today. Tell us the things you had to fight through. Tell somebody he wanted me, he wanted me. Wanted me. Wanted me. Waited for me. Paused for me. Repeated some lessons for me. I said repeated some lessons for me I'm not allergic to a holy people mm -mm. but I am allergic to a testimonyless arrogant people oh I'm allergic to that I don't want to hear how well you doing you can't help me I don't want to hear how God is a wonder and you can't help me when I'm going through my trial and my tribulation. Some way what you have experienced in God should be a part of how you behave towards other people. Other words, if he's been merciful to you, you ought to be merciful to me. <laughs> how can you experience mercy and not give away the same thing that you have experienced I can't help but forgive you when I think about give me a few minutes I'm still on the same point he waited for me how can I can, how can I not forgive you when I think about all my own mess ups and my own see some of y'all need to come off the high horse today some of y'all need to come off of it come off of it you take it too long to forgive people you know your sins have been stinking you know you done did things all kinds and you take it forever to forgive somebody knowing that God don't forgave you over and over again the reason I can forgive because I have been forgiven yeah. 
Yeah, that's the reason I can do it. Say he waited for me. Trying to get through here. He waited for me. We are his children. Verse 16, 18. It says, for I reckon that the sufferings, this is why we are these people, it's the mindset we have. It's a type of thinking. It's an optimistic type of thinking. This is why we are these people, because we reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not, everybody say worthy. That's powerful. That's powerful. Are not worthy to be compared. I want y'all to hear this. I want y'all to hear this. That's why we are these people. We have a mindset that what I'm going through is not to be compared to what I'm going to. It's not even to be, it's not even worthy to mention to what he's going to take you to. It's not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Somebody say, we have something coming. That's my next point. We have an expectation. What makes us those people is we have that type of expectation. We just believe that God is going to come through. We just believe that God is going to make a way. We just believe that God's going to turn things around. We live with that type of expectation. It says in verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation. For the manifestation of the Son of God. It means that in the, in the loins of mankind, there is an expectation for God's people to rise. There's an expectation to see God in his glory. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. I got to hold on when I go through this. Hold it, hold it a second. Not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Well, I want you to watch it here. For the creature was not, was made subject to vanity not willing but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope what it means is God put you in stuff that made no sense you didn't get in there willingly you would have never went through that trial you would have never went through that pain but God said I can trust them being in it because I know I'm going to bring them out of it you would have never went through so much pain you would have never went through so much darkness you would have never chosen to do this but God said I can put them in this fire because I know when they come out of this fire they're going to be better than they were before meaning God not only do you have an expectation but God has an expectation you say pastor I can't do it God said I know you can I put you in it you would have never went through it on your own but I put you in it knowing you going to come out of it I let you go through it knowing you was going to be better you would have never done it on your own but in hope I put you in he subjected the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together into now prophetic right the whole earth is groaning and travaileth in pain we felt that during the pandemic, a whole universe groaning, tragic loss, a virus that we seemed to couldn't get under control. I don't know. I know it shook my mentality. When I first heard about it, I just thought this was going to be like a two-week thing, you know, three-week thing, maybe a month, you know. My whole thought was, all right. America the Great, I don't know about no other countries. It's my thoughts, not yours, mine. I don't know about no other countries, but America the Great, all this research and science we've been doing. Amen. Shoot, give us another weekend. Over the weekend, we're going to pop up and we're going to have this thing under control. Huh. Changed my whole mentality of what it is to experience a real pandemic. Grew in a whole knowledge about science and things that concerning uh, viruses and how they spread and the life cycle and things of that nature. But I'm telling you, 
There are times that the whole earth is groaning and travailing in pain, but they're waiting for a manifestation of the people that God has chosen. The earth cries for you to be the best that you can be. Don't you understand when you go to work, the work, your job is crying for your gift to emerge. It's waiting for your greatness emerge. And many of us don't recognize when it's time to emerge. Problems are a sign of your greatness. Because if it's not a problem, you don't know how great you could be. If you don't have a challenge that show up. And many times you don't understand when challenges show up in your presence, it's a time for God to manifest his greatness through you. And many of us miss opportunities because we go to sleep doing challenges. Many of us faint doing problems. We just pass out. My God. No, this is the time to come alive and see what God can do. Come on, Daniel said, I'm not bowing under no Babylonian king all because y'all done brought us here out of exile and y'all are up here blowing the trumpet and telling everybody to worship. No, I ain't bowing down. I'm going to stand up. I mean, bow down to my God, but I ain't bowing down to your God and I'm going to worship my God. God and I'm going to figure this thing out and work in wisdom and walk in intellect and I'm going to interpret dreams and I'm going to solve problems. No, I ain't about to be your be with your God. No, I'm not about to turn towards idolatry. I'm going to serve God and the midst of problems, I'm going to rise to a place you ain't never seen before. Can I tell you that there's an answer in you that God's been trying to bring out? There's something creative in you that God's been trying to bring out of you and you keep asking God to remove the trouble but God said the trouble is the catalyst to bring the answer out of you you keep asking God to move the fire God said no the fire is the very thing that's going to bring this answer out of you verse 23 I'm almost done not only they but ourselves which have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves the earth is groaning we groan as well Waiting for this adoption to wit, this connection speaks of the great adoption of the spirit. Waiting for the adoption to wit, to connect with the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Hope comes because you don't see it. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for, we have, for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Say, I have an expectation. Here it is. Here it is. Likewise also the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. My next point say we have help. Yeah, we have help. For we know not what we should pray. Now that's, that's a very challenging scripture. For we know not what we should pray. Because I know many times you think you know what you should pray. But by our intellect, our own mindset, we don't know what we should pray as we ought. Or sometimes it speaks to that the emotional realm gets all jumbled up. Have you ever been to a place that you didn't know what to pray? Something occurred, you didn't know what to say. It talks about sometimes you get to a place we don't know what to do. All right, but tell somebody we have hell. But the spirit itself makes intercession. This is how help works. The spirit itself makes an intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So even during those times that you don't know what to do, the reason we are those people is because we got help. Tell somebody I have help. It's very important in a day and time like this where we are intellectual and we are smart and we are gifted. There are times that you need power outside of you. You need power outside of your own space, in your own scope. And the Bible lets us know we have help. The Spirit of God will begin to make intercession according to the Spirit with groanings and utterance. It means the Spirit of God is an interpreter of what you go through, is an interpreter of the right language that needs to be communicated. And the Spirit of God will make intercession for us. Somebody say again, we have help. My last point and we're done. And we know. Oh, glory to God. That's why we are those people. Tell somebody, and we know. See, you can be humble and still know. You can be confident and not arrogant. And we know. 
that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. There comes a confidence that we know God's going to wrap this thing together and bring us out because of these two things. We love God and we are called according to the purpose. This is where I am. I don't want you to ever to downplay or belittle the power of loving God. I don't want you to make it seem like it's a light thing. God will get involved in your circumstance, bring everything around for the good just by loving God. I don't want nobody to make you think that worship is a little thing. God can go and move and change other people's hearts and minds while you worshiping, while you loving on him. God can send angels out and send out messages of rescue and do great works of deliverance. I don't want you to downplay the power of loving God. Loving God is one of the keys that unlocks God to, to, to solving, say, all things. All things. I like all, underline all things, all things. This is the only time that we get a promise that all things work together for the good. It's when we love God, and number two, called according to his purpose. These, these things give us the foundation of having the confidence in God. We have a confidence that our God's going to turn it around. We have a confidence that our God is with us. We have a confidence. We have a knowing. It's a knowing. It's something that's big, deeper than head knowledge. This knowing is an intimate knowledge that's into your spirit realm that you cannot be unpersuaded concerning the things and the will of God. Many of us have to get God beyond our head and get God down in your spirit. And when you get God but beyond your head, beyond your head and what you see, and it's longer, no longer head knowledge, it's spiritual knowledge. It's something in the depths of your soul. It will give you a confidence that you don't cast off uh, your boldness. You don't cast off your faith. You don't start walking in fear, but you live in confidence. When you stand on your feet, I'm done. I want to remind you what who we are, these people are. We are not... We are led by the Spirit. We are His children. We have an expectation. We have help. And the last one is we have confidence. This is the word of the Lord that God wants to quicken our spirit that we are those people. Somebody declare that we are those people. We are those people. God is delighting to do exploits in our life. God is acknowledging and igniting to do new things in your life. You are these people. You ain't got to be fancy. And I keep saying that. You ain't got to be fancy. Be this, be that, be that. Mm -mm. All you got to do is have faith. Walk in God. Walk according to his covenant. All you got to do is live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. All you got to do is align yourself with God's word. Follow instruction. And God's going to do amazing things in our lives. God's looking to start something new in you. God thought that he can get to your family by talking to you. God thought that he can get to your uncle by saving you. God thought that he can get to your children by saving you. You are the extension of God's mind and God's rescue plan and what God has in mind. God just feel like if I save you, I'm going to get to your brother. If I can get somebody to start this thing off and start walking in favor, if I can get somebody to start this thing off and recognizing that my favor is on them. When you lift your hands, I want to pray. I want to give somebody the opportunity to come to Christ today. God, if I can get somebody to recognize that they are my beloved, that I waited for them, I've adopted them into this family, they are my children, I'm going to do some great things. We are those people. We're the people of covenant, we're the people of power, we're the people of faith. We are the children of God. We are the children of the Most High God. What a powerful thing to be able to say. That through Christ Jesus, I am the child of God. It sounds so basic, but it's so powerful. In other words, if you know who my daddy is, he's the maker of the heavens and the earth. You know who my father is? Do you know who I pray to? I pray to the creator of the universe. I don't pray to no moon god, no sun god. I don't walk around hugging no trees. Trees have power. Don't have all power. Trees have power. Everything created has power some level of power I don't pray I don't I don't pray to created things created things have power you and I 
or created thing. We have power. Gifts, talents, wisdom, all that represents some level of power. I don't pray to created things. I pray to the creator of created things. And then I got the boldness to say, that's my daddy. That's my father. He has brought me to a family. Lift your hands up, Father. I just... Last several weeks, lift your hands. Last several weeks, I've been stuck in a prophetic word, so to speak. It's actually been going on for several months. Ever since God had declared favor, 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 which has probably been about three months ago, in the midst of our service, something has been, I've been tilted in the spirit so towards certain things for our lives. And I don't feel like God wants me to pull off of that until the tangible manifestation happens in your life. I said the tangible manifestation. That favor with God is a regular. Say it's a regular. Favor with God is a regular aspect of your life. Walking in favor, living in favor, receiving favor. Noah found favor with God. Noah found grace. Another word for grace is favor. Receiving favor, that's only one part. How can you receive and not give? But giving favor, all right, that's the other side of where we gotta go, because some of us still on the other on one side of the covenant. We just receive, we just receive, receive, receive. But we are also givers of favor, we extend favor, we walk in favor, we live in favor. This is the inheritance that God has really been talking to me about. He said, I don't want you to back up from this until you understand what it is to live and walk in the favor of God. Walk in the covenant of God. I've been experiencing favor like never before. Matter of fact, it's an awareness of life that I am the favorite of God. I'm his child. Went to the grocery store. I wanted something and they didn't have it. <laughs> they didn't have it. I wanted to buy some roses for Pastor Robin. I'm gonna just tell this, this. And I did. I've been trying to work off getting off the Valentine's Day list for some years. Not that I don't want to do anything for Valentine's Day, but I wanted to be said that I did so much during the year I can skip Valentine's Day. That's solid. I, you don't think I'm gonna get in trouble for missing one day when I've been good 364, do y'all? <laughs> I've been working on something because I'm just tired of Valentine's Day dictating what I got to do. Now, don't y'all think this was your deliverance? You ain't been doing nothing. You better pay attention to Valentine's Day. That wasn't your deliverance. I'm like, no, that wasn't your deliverance, brother. If you ain't been doing nothing, you better do something. That wasn't your deliverance. You're going to be in trouble. But I wanted to do it just because. And I did it just because. But I went in there. They didn't have what I was looking for. I didn't want any roses that was already opened up blossoming. Cause that means it was on his way out. Time it blossomed. You only got a few more days. I needed a rose and some roses. I said, no, I want it all still closed a little bit. I want some time with these roses. But I didn't have it. But I asked for what I wanted. And he said, well, it's not really put together. You have to buy it like that. I said, oh, I'm really trying to do something special. And I want the roses. He said, ah, we got you. See, many of y'all, I'm trying to teach you something. I'm praying this for some of y'all just deal with stuff and never ask for what you want some of you just deal with stuff and don't ask I asked him for what he wanted he said well you can buy those rolls over there but they don't come like this he said but that's really I said man that's really what I want he said man we got you they got excited because I was excited about what I was doing they took the road. They said, man, go shopping. We'll come and bring it to you. I went shopping in Publix. And while I'm shopping, they over there. And I'm looking around the bend, around the aisle. They over there putting this thing together. Two men working it out. Putting bowls and stuff. Making this thing. It didn't come that way. They said, they said, don't come this way. But it's the way you want it. I'm trying to tell you, you can have it if you ask for it. They put that thing together. Neither did I pay them. It wasn't in the service. 
for them to come bring it to me while I shopped. But when favor gets on you and gets in your language, see, you can't be mean talking about walking in favor. You can't be disrespecting people talking about walking in favor. I'm trying to get this blessing to you. I'm trying to get you in this covenant. You can't just be looking at people any type of way expecting that the favor of God is going to work through them. They don't even have to be saved for God to use them. They don't even have to know God. But the fact that you know God, the favor start rolling. They brought me the flowers, just like I asked. Now they asked them to bring it to me. Let me say that clearly. I'm trying to teach this. While they was putting the flowers together, I asked, can I go in the daily line to get me a sub and I'll be back? When I asked that, they said, yes, you can and we'll bring the flowers to you. I'm just teaching simplicity. I'm not trying to be arrogant because that's not nowhere near it. I'm just saying there are times in your life you, you're experiencing hardship because you have not walked in the favor of God. You're not asking. I'm just beginning to ask. I say, hey, can I just do that and I'll be right back. They say, go ahead and do what you're going to do. They got excited for me, started participating in what I was doing, brought the flowers to me and said, have a wonderful day. The guy said, man, another brother, you know, another brother, what's the name? He said, man, yeah. He was excited. Lift your hands. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm almost done. I know you've been lifting for a while. I'm trying to create a new pattern in your life. God wants to favor you. God wants to favor you. You've been coming, sir. I've been seeing you. God wants to favor you. There's a whole nother covenant. There's a whole nother life that God is bringing you into. It's a life of favor, a life of goodness. God's going to show you this life. It's going to show you how good it is. It's going to, I don't know about y'all. Let me say this. I'm not serving God because there are no benefits in serving God. We got to break this bad witness to the world that serving God is a broke lifestyle and a pit. That, that is nothing the Bible says that he's a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. The key word is he's a rewarder. Everybody say he's a rewarder. We have to break this mentality that serving and living for God is just broke, busted life. You think somebody just want to come serve God and just be broke, busted and disgusted till Jesus come? If that's the case, people might as well go and serve the devil. No, no, but the covenant of God has blessed and favored covenants of God. Didn't I say that? A covenant of peace and a covenant of prosperity. Father, I decree and declare your hands already been lifted, Father. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.